This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Liz Truss, Britain's new prime minister, appointed Kwasi Kwarteng as chancellor of the Exchequer, or finance minister. The son of Ghanaian immigrants, Mr. Kwarteng, hitherto the business secretary, supports cutting taxes and business regulations and has encouraged, quote, fiscal loosening to help households weather rising energy prices. On Thursday, Ms. Truss is due to unveil a proposal to freeze average annual energy bills, which may otherwise jump by 80% in October at about £2,500 or $2,880. The subsidies could cost up to £100 billion and are expected to be paid for by borrowing. America said Russia was trying to buy millions of rockets and artillery shells from North Korea for use in Ukraine. The appeal to North Korea, quote, does demonstrate and is indicative of the situation that Russia finds itself in, said the Pentagon's spokesman, referring to the impact of sanctions and export controls. He added that there were no details yet about whether payments or shipments had been made. Juul Labs agreed in principle to pay $438.5 million to 33 American states and Puerto Rico to settle allegations that it marketed its vaping products to teenagers. The e-cigarette startup, the states claimed, actively courted youth consumers, although its wares were, quote, both illegal for them to purchase and are unhealthy to use. Lawsuits brought against Juul by nine other states continue, as do thousands from individual plaintiffs. The UN's nuclear watchdog called for the, quote, immediate establishment of a safety zone around the Zaporizhia nuclear power station. The plant, in Russian-held territory in southern Ukraine, has been the site of shelling for months. Last week, 14 UN inspectors visited the power station. Two have stayed on. China's central bank set the reference rate for the yuan at its weakest level in two years, at 6.91 to the buoyant dollar. China's currency has suddenly weakened this year after lockdowns hampered exports. The central bank also reduced the amount of foreign currency that Chinese banks need to hold, another sign of its desire to prop up the sliding yuan. Energy prices in California surged to their highest level in two years as residents turned up their air conditioners in the midst of a heat wave in the American West. The state's independent system operator, which oversees the electricity supply, urged Californians to conserve energy as surges in demand increases the risk of outages. Protests across Indonesia's biggest cities broke out against government plans to increase subsidized fuel prices for the first time in eight years. On Saturday, Joko Widodo, Indonesia's president, said that inflation had necessitated a price increase of about 30 percent. And fact of the day. 65 billion euros, the minimum cost of Germany's energy bill relief package, equivalent to 1.8% of the country's GDP. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Bolsonaristas rally in Brazil. As well as the usual military parades, a fleet of tractors will lumber through Brazil's capital, Brasilia, on Independence Day on Wednesday. Farmers are just one group to show support for the country's president, Jair Bolsonaro, 
ahead of a heavily contested election on October 2nd. Supporters of the right-wing populist will take to the streets in other big cities, too. In Rio, Mr. Bolsonaro will meet fans on Copacabana Beach. The rallies are meant to drum up support for a president who is trailing in the polls. But Bolsonaristas mistrust the surveys. They echo their leaders' unsupported claims that the country's electronic voting system could be easily hacked. They accuse the electoral court of bias in favor of his rival, Luis Inácio Lula da Silva, a leftist former president. Mr. Bolsonaro has fanned these sentiments, calling on supporters to defend transparency and liberty. In turn, they have suggested that the president call in the armed forces and clean out the Supreme Court. If political tensions boil over, the Padres could descend into violence. Another year, another iPhone. As has become the custom at Apple's annual summits in Silicon Valley, on Wednesday, the world's biggest tech firm will show off a revamped iPhone. Don't expect anything revolutionary. The newest versions of Apple's flagship will mainly have faster chips, better cameras, and bigger screens. They will probably be more expensive. The top-of-the-line iPhone 14 Pro Max, for instance, is expected to start at $1,199, $100 more than its predecessor. The event, which is the first in-person gathering since 2019, will probably also bring new AirPods, iPads, and Apple Watches. But Apple is still mainly an iPhone company. The device accounted for nearly half of the firm's sales of $83 billion between April and June. Its smartphones now have more users in America than those with Android, Google's operating system, according to CounterPoint, a research firm. But Apple's next act is already scheduled for next year, when it is likely to release its much-anticipated mixed-reality headset. Japan's Phantom Reopening Tourists hoping to catch the tail end of summer in Japan will be disappointed. On Wednesday, the country will ease travel rules, but only a bit. Tourists will still be required to obtain visas and to book their travel through a certified agency. The one concession is that the tours no longer have to be guided. Citizens, permanent residents, and business visitors will gain more with fully vaccinated travelers relieved of the need to take a pre-departure PCR test. The daily cap on arrivals will rise from 20,000 to 50,000. Japan has been hyper-cautious about reopening after the pandemic. That has left it lagging behind its peers in the G7 and neighbors in Asia, many of which have started welcoming tourists more readily. Yet the closed-door policies have been overwhelmingly popular with Japanese voters. With his approval ratings sliding, Fumio Kishida, Japan's prime minister, is unlikely to take a risk on opening up more anytime soon. Reality catches up with meme stocks. 
The GameStop hype became a parable for America's frenzied stock market. The American video game retailer made headlines last January when an investor stampede pushed its share price up roughly 20-fold in three weeks. The rally was egged on by amateur investors on social media, seeking to squeeze professional short-sellers who had bet against the company. GameStop's sudden share price volatility, exacerbated by online attention, made it the archetypal meme stock. On Wednesday, the unlikely stock market star will deliver its quarterly earnings report. GameStop is still priced at over five times its value at the start of last year, despite lackluster performance. The bricks-and-mortar business is trying to move online, but struggling to compete with behemoths like Amazon. The company also missed the boat on the crypto craze with ill-timed launches of an NFT marketplace and a digital wallet. Investors in meme stocks are guided more by hype than fundamentals, but reality always catches up eventually. As safe as houses? Like most central banks, the Bank of Canada is quickly raising borrowing costs. It is shaping up for another jump on Wednesday from 2.5% to 3.25%. Inflation has come off its recent peaks, but is still near 8%, pushed up by unsustainable wage growth and still high expectations of future inflation. But even more so than other rich countries, Canada faces acute risks from higher borrowing costs. In recent years, there has been an unprecedented housing boom. Prices are more than 300% higher, in real terms, than 2000. Higher interest rates will drive up mortgage costs, making homes less affordable and letting some of the air out of the bubbly property market. But household debt is worryingly high at 185% of disposable income. Given that backdrop, falling house prices could deal a big blow to consumer confidence and weigh on spending more generally. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, Tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. What term is used to describe a gambling strategy where the stakes are doubled till a win is achieved? Wednesday. What is the alternative name for the stapes, a bone in the middle ear? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Queen Elizabeth I, who was born on this day in 1533. Brass shines as fair to the ignorant as gold to the goldsmiths. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. 
and subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.